Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring William Conrad, James Stewart, Orson Welles, Cary Grant, Bing Crosby, Al Jolson, Eddie Cantor, and our special in-person guest, Chris Lembesis. From time to time on this program, we invite collectors to come down and join us and bring some of the items that, that they've collected like I've done over the years. And our guest on this edition of the Golden Days of Radio is a fellow named Chris Lembesis. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Mr. Brzee, for inviting me to be on the Golden Days of Radio. You, uh, you've been collecting uh, shows for a long time, haven't you? How long? Oh, about ten years, but not seriously until the last three. Mm-hmm. You have quite a large collection. A, yes, an I do. Extensive collection. How many? How many old transcriptions of shows do you have? I don't have too many uh, transcriptions in my own collection, though I run across quite a few of them off and on and put them on tape. Uh huh. Well, that's the intelligent thing to do anyway, right. because uh, uh, I know in in probably five thousand transcriptions that, that I have or have had in the past, many of them have have been damaged, and the ones that I've transferred to tape are uh, are good for forever. What's what's the favorite kind of thing that uh, you and other collectors uh, like to obtain? Adventure, adventure type programs. Right. Uh huh. How about comedy shows? Are they high on the list? It runs a close second, and uh, here's the reason that most collectors uh, say this. Comedy dates, but unlike adventure, uh, adventure stories really don't age, and they can be enjoyed anytime. Do you think comedy is dated that much? Uh, I think it does. Some of the programs are dated. I heard George Jessel at at, uh, the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters about two weeks ago, and he told the same gag that I heard on a show, the Shell Chateau show, that he did in 1937. Exactly, word for word, the same gag. So uh, perhaps comedy is dated uh, sometimes, but in in many cases it isn't. In in Mm. the kind of adventure shows that that you collect, what, what are you talking about? Oh... I would say the, the type that leave you in suspense, adventure, mystery, crime, mm-hmm. the type that really uh, allow you to use your imagination and follow the program very closely. You mean such as a gangbusters type program? Right, or suspense or uh-huh. escape. Escape. Well, escape we have racked up here. Danny's going to play this in a moment. This is a, uh, a fairly late comer to radio, isn't it? Yes, it is. When, when did it start? About n- around 1950? No, it actually started in 1947 over CBS, uh, uh-huh. and it lasted for a good seven years. Uh-huh. This is one of the later programs that right. we're going to hear. This is an excerpt of a show starring William Conrad, and it's entitled... Violent Night. And what's so special about this excerpt? Well, I think it's my all-time favorite escape program because this is escape at its best. It's a story of a man who's on the run, uh-huh. being followed ruthlessly and relentlessly hunted down and it is such a well-written and well-acted drama that uh, I enjoy it over and over again and it typifies escape at its very best. All right, here's William Conrad in Violent Night. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of 
romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. kneeling in the church of a Caribbean village, seeking the sanctuary it might offer, while slowly, walking down the aisle, carefully studying each bowed head, is the brute of a man who has come to kill you. Listen now as Escape brings you Les Crutchfield's story, Violent Night. suddenly wide awake it's a trick you learn around the back countries of the Caribbean if you want to stay alive I didn't move I didn't make a sound just stared into the darkness and listened and then it came again somebody was on the veranda I slid off the cot reached for my pistol on the table stood up. Barefooted, I moved quietly across the room and stopped by the shutters. Senor O'Grady. Who is it? Pepita. It is Pepita. Pepita? I am come to warn you of terrible danger. Are you alone? See. Si. All right, wait a second. Quickly. What's wrong? What's the matter? Look, toward the village, toward Monte Miguel. What? What? Fire. What's burning? The estacion of the police, the Federalista Army Barrack, other places. It is a revolution, senor. Revolution? Who is it? Who's behind it? Alecran. What? He has come out of the jungle again. One thousand men are following him, and now more from the village. He has guns, trucks, cars, radios. He is called himself governor of the district. Governor? He won't last 48 hours. Everyone say it is revolution all over the country. You must leave your plantation and go quickly. Pepita. You, uh... You think he still remembers? Alacran will never forget. Not ever. Not before one of you is dead. Yeah, maybe you're right. All right, thanks, Pepita. Thanks for everything. Ten minutes later, I lay hidden in a clump of bamboo by the irrigation ditch, 30 yards from my house, watching a convoy of army trucks swing in from the highway and roar up the road toward the plantation. I could have struck out then, run away, but I had to know the odds, know whether Alacran was making it personal, whether he still remembered. The trucks skidded to a stop. Men with rifles piled out, circled the house. Spotlights cut through the night, lit up my bungalow, probing at the shutters. 
but I didn't see him until he stepped into the circle of lights and called out, Mr. O'Grady? Mr. Barry O'Grady? Alecron. You're going to leave us there, huh? What finally happens? Well, in an exciting chase and an even more exciting conclusion, Alecron meets his end. Mm-hmm. Bill Conrad had a great voice for radio. He sure did. And uh, and he's still around. He directs uh, television shows. And, and once in a while we hear him on... I know uh, the American Forces Network sometimes replays uh, some of the old Gunsmoke shows, and he played Matt Dillon on the radio on Gunsmoke, especially AFN. They're, they're, they've, they, that's one of their favorite shows, I think, and one of mine, too. All right, you had mentioned uh, the suspense program as one of the all-time great suspenseful programs, and, and I agree with you. Suspense went on the air when? It started on June 17, 1942. Uh-huh. And you've got a couple of excerpts here. First of all, we're going to hear the opening of the suspense uh, show, and then, uh, and then what, what's the first excerpt from suspense we're going to hear? Well, we're going to hear a portion from a drama entitled Mission Completed, uh-huh. starring Jimmy Stewart, uh-huh. and perhaps one of the greatest acting performances he has ever given, I think. Jimmy Stewart's a fine actor. He sure he, is. He did not appear on radio very often, to my knowledge. No, so he didn't. It's, I think it was quite a coup to have him do uh, a show like Suspense. All right, here's the first excerpt. First of all, the opening of Suspense from a 1942 broadcast, and then an excerpt of Jimmy Stewart in Mission Completed. The Columbia Network takes pleasure in bringing you... Suspense. Suspense. Columbia's play theater of outstanding thrillers. Produced and directed by William Spear and scored by Bernard Herrmann. The notable melodramas from fiction and stage and screen, from the world's great literature of entertaining excitement, presented each week to bring you to the edge of your chair, to keep you in suspense. Hello, Bill. Hello, who's this? Tom. Tom Warner. Tom, it's Tom, you dope. I... Why, What's I... the matter? What's the matter? Just can't get it through my thick head, that's all. Last time I heard about I know, you... I know, I know, but it's all over now. I'm alive. Now, Bill, listen to me. Now, listen close. Listen awful close, Bill. Bill, Suki's alive. Suki? Yeah, yeah, Suki. He's working in a flower shop in the hospital here. Are you crazy? Now, no, I've seen him. I've watched him. I've noticed all his gestures. Yeah, he's got that scar I gave him right on the side of his face. Hey... Are you listening? Yeah, 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 go on. Now, I want you to get a hold of Curly. And tonight, the three of us will blast him right out of the face of the earth. Tom, are you okay? What's the matter with you? I found Suki. He's here right in the United States where we can get at him. Well, if you're sure it's Suki, why don't you call the cops or the FBI? Because I know what'll happen to him then. He'll end up in an American jail and he'll have a nice soft bed to sleep in. He'll get three good hot meals a day. And he'll get all the comforts of home. Look what he gave to us. Not in your life, Bill. Now, look, if you start driving right now, you can be here by 9 o'clock. Tom, the war's over. I forgot all that stuff a long time ago. I want you to forget it, too. Sure, sure. And you can forget it all if you want to. I know why you're forgetting it. It's because you're a chicken, that's why. You haven't got the guts to face him, and your lousy yellow on your backbone has turned to a sponge. I only wish Mayberry and Evans were all here to listen to the lousy rot that was dripping out of you. 
But that was December 1949, Jimmy Stewart on Suspense. What is, uh, what is this next excerpt now? This is Orson Welles uh-huh. from a great suspense drama entitled The Hitchhiker, which is an all-time classic. And this was the first year that suspense was on the air, wasn't it? Yes, it suspense was. Suspense went on early in 42. This was September uh, of 1942. Right. All right, here's Orson Welles in The Hitchhiker. Telegraphs, it'll help me. Keep me from going going crazy. I gotta tell this quickly. I'm not crazy now. I feel perfectly well, except that I'm running a slight temperature. My name is Ronald Adams. I'm 36 years of age, unmarried, tall, dark, with a black mustache. I drive a 1940 Buick license number 6Y175189. I was born in Brooklyn. All this I know. I know that I'm at this moment perfectly sane. That it's not me who's gone mad. It's something else. Something utterly beyond my control. I've got to speak quickly. At any minute, the link may break. This may be the last thing I ever tell on Earth. The last night I ever see the stars. There's another great voice for radio. Orson Welles in The Hitchhiker. Yes, in fact, Orson was the very first shadow on radio. In 19, what, 1937? 37. Uh-huh. And then, of course, uh, a year later or so, he did the famous War of the Worlds broadcast. Right. And uh, Orson Welles is back on radio in the United States. He does commercials for an airline, and he does great a great voiceover, both on radio and, and on television. All right, we have one more excerpt from, uh, from Suspense. Now, this is in 1943, and it stars... Cary Grant. Entitled The Black Curtain. All right, here's Cary Grant. Tell me, what happened? Well, you slipped on this icy sidewalk. Fell down and hit your head good and hard on the curb. You were out for about 20 minutes wait, and then wait, you... Wait, Ice on a sidewalk? Well, look at it. That street cleaning department ought to clear away the snow what? there, too. Snow and ice? Sure, why? Snow? In July? July? Huh, it's December. December 1943. 1943. Uh, you better go on home, son. Good night. 1943. December 1943. The last I remember was July 1940. Three years, just gone. Amnesia. A black curtain comes down over your mind. That black curtain had been over mine for three years. Where had I been? Who had I been? I hadn't been Frank Townsend. I'd been someone else. D.N. Someone whose initials were D.N. I walked along Tillery Street thinking about it those three years. I could have been married. I could have been a thief. I could have... Something made me turn around on the street for a moment. That was when I first saw him. Gray eyes. He'd been talking to the cop who took my name. He looked up as I did. And then he started to walk rapidly in my direction. I backed away instinctively. Something about him spelled trouble. He called to me as he came forward. Hey, you! Stop! Townsend! Townsend! 
Instinctively, I knew I should run, get away from him. I looked back as I rounded the corner. He had a gun in his hand. He raised it. Then I turned, ran for my life. What lay behind that black curtain which separated Townsend from his past? I know what it was. It was Judy, Judy, Judy. That's great. I'd like to hear all of that. You know, I'd love to hear the suspense series again when it was such a great series when they had the stars on it every week. It was a known fact that Hollywood stars eagerly look forward to appearing on suspense as much if not more than, say, Lux Radio Theater, which is a show catered to the stars. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris, you also collect other things besides radio shows. You collected, uh, you have collected some of the premiums that they gave away on radio 25 years ago or so. Now, this is, this is an Orphanani cup, isn't it? Right. Isn't I brought it? a couple of items with me. This is perhaps one of the most all-time remembered premiums ever offered on radio, and that was the Orphanani shake-up mug. Uh-huh. And it came out around uh, 1940, and it came to you with a dime and a seal from Ovaltine. Yeah. That's, I remember that. I, I used to uh, uh, use Ovaltine in mine, but now I use gin, and it works just as well, sometimes even better, I'll tell you. In fact, I believe it was Bobby Benson uh, program offered a complete cowboy outfit for boys and girls from Shaps, Spurs, Hat mm-hmm. and Rope. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, we're going to play another excerpt now because we're almost out of time, and uh, we want to get this in. This is the Bing Crosby Show. Uh, on which Al Jolson appeared as guest, and this was uh, May 1950, and this was shortly before Mr. Jolson passed away. Where was this program done? Yes, this was done in San Francisco. Excuse me, this was done in New York City. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The following month, Korea broke out, and Al, being an old entertainer, wanted to go over there and entertain the boys, and that he did. Uh huh. He contracted an illness and came home and had a heart attack that fall. Uh-huh. And I believe this is the last broadcast that Al did on radio. It's it's probably next to the last broadcast. It's the last broadcast he did in front of a live audience. Yes, it is. All right, here's Al Jolson on the Bing Crosby Show in May 1950. But Al, tell us about New York in the good old days. That's what I want to hear. Well, sir, when I first came here, you know, in New York many years ago, I used to sing in saloons. I used to sing my heart out in those places and go home in the evening with two nickels and a a, a dime. Well, tax-free, that's not bad. And then came a big break. I was singing one night when in walked in that fabulous free-spending Diamond Jim Brady. Bingsy, I was beside myself. I gave Diamond Jim the full treatment. You know. I started right off. I gave him bicycle bill for two. The good old, the good old summertime. I think it's that Minimate, uh... In my merry old mobile, and I finished up with mommy. Mommy, you mean mammy? No, no, that was before my mother headed for Dixie. You know. <laughs> Anyhow, when I finished singing, yeah. When I finished singing, Bingsy, yeah. there was terrific applause, and Diamond Jim called me to his table. You were about to be rewarded, eh? Yes, sir. Bing, you remember reading about it and seeing it probably in mm, pictures? Yes. That sixteen-carat diamond stick pin he always wore in his tie. Al, don't tell me. Yes, Bing. Mm-hmm. He stuck me with it. <laughs> Well, tax-free, that ain't bad, 
what, what do you say we have the ushers kind of lock the doors but sing four or five hundred songs at the folks, huh? What do you say? Okay, Bing. What do we start with? How about Rosie, Al? You get it started and I'll jump in. Oh, John Scott. Yeah. Play loud, will you? Yeah. Joel's fan club is listening oh. in, in Morristown. That's your line, <laughs> you rat. <laughs> in Morristown, New Jersey. Yeah. Play that. That's what I said. You can have that kind of a line in there. Yeah. Rosie, you are my posy. You are my heart bouquet. Come out here in the moonlight. There's something sweet love I want to say. Your honey boy, I'm waiting The ruby lips to breathe Don't be so aggravating My blushing rosy, my rosy sweet There's a little bunch of sweetness That I long to call my bride And believe me, I'm most happy when my baby's by my side My baptismal name is Rosie But she puts the rose to shame And most every night You'll hear me call her name Bravella! I'm gonna sing about my baby Rosie Rosie You are my posy You are my posy You are, you are my heart's bouquet My heart's bouquet Come on Here in the moon Something sweet, yes, something sweet love. I wanna say. I'm gonna think about my baby. Your honey, honey boy. I'm waiting. I hope you on the gate. <laughs> Those ruby lips to green. Now don't be so activated. My blushing rose. My rose Al Jolson and Bing Crosby on Bing Crosby's show in May 1950. That's a great program and something that really is a true collector's item. Chris Limbesis, I want to thank you for joining me today on the Golden Days of Radio. Thank you very much, Mr. Brzee. And if I may take this time, I would like to confirm upon you an honorary membership with the Radio Historical Society. Chris, thank you very much. That's an award I'll cherish. I feel like I'm part of the history of radio, at least... Uh, on Sundays around the world, I do. Thank you, Chris Lembesis, and thank you for joining me. That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. And now here's a question. What's right about America? Well, for one thing, we can make our voices heard in our free election process. If we don't feel that our representatives or senators are doing their job, we can always vote for someone better. If we're against the passage of a city or county bill or assessment, we can get up before our councilmen and tell them why without fear of reprisal. Our form of government is truly of, for, and by the people. And let's be thankful that it is. That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee. Join me next week for more fun and surprises from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>